uh, welcome um, wherever you are, um, wherever you're joining us from. It's good to uh, good to have you with us. Um, just a couple of notices. Um, we're beginning our Monday morning um, prayer meetings uh, again. This, this was a weekly thing, and we're starting again tomorrow morning. You'd be very welcome to join us. It's just half an hour or so from 9:30 to 10. We have sent out the, um, the Zoom link uh, to everybody, so please do join us tomorrow morning. The other thing was um, a few weeks ago uh, we sent out a, an email about um, the possibility of having a, a church meeting, an important church meeting in July. This is just for our members here at Hellervale, but um, if we set a deadline to respond to that by today, um, so if you haven't yet responded, um, please could you let us know one way or the other whether you would be willing to come out in person to a socially distanced church meeting in July. Um, so to basically just, just let me know by email, yes or no, whether you'd be willing to come um, to, to a church meeting in, in July. That just, it just helps us with planning whether, whether we're going to you know, obviously do a, do a meeting um, in person or, or whether we will have to look at other uh, means of, of meeting and voting. Obviously, we're, we're looking at the whole uh, uh, area of, uh, of the appointment of, of Mark. So it's a really important uh, that we know uh, how we're going to plan that meeting. So do let us know before the end of today. Let me know by email or text or phone call even whether you would be willing or not to come out to a meeting and then we can plan going forward. Thank you. Um, today is Pentecost Sunday, the day we celebrate the gift of the Holy Spirit being poured out on all believers. 50 days ago was Easter Sunday, the day we celebrated the resurrection of Jesus. And 10 days ago was uh, Ascension Day, the day Christians remember that Jesus ascended back to heaven after his resurrection and he reigns and rules at the right hand of the Father from, from heaven. Just before Jesus ascended uh, back, back to heaven, he told his disciples to wait in Jerusalem for the promised gift of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit would equip them to be his witnesses from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And 10 days later, after his ascension, that promise of Jesus was fulfilled as the Holy Spirit was poured out and came upon all 120 believers gathered together. And we, you and I, now live in the age of the Holy Spirit. And like the first disciples, we wait today on Jesus' promise to be filled again with the Holy Spirit. We worship a God who is one God in three persons. The Father who sent the Son Jesus into the world to die and rise again. The Son who rose from death and ascended back to heaven. And the, the Holy Spirit, God the Spirit, who fills us and equips us to be God's witnesses. And um, as we begin uh, our time of worship, I just thought it'd be helpful to use the Thy Kingdom um, Come prayer resources a little bit here. So we're going to use a, a responsive creed um, and uh, you're going to do this muted um, but my bit is is in normal type and your bit will come up in bold type so I'm going to read through both the leader part and the all your response part if you follow the response part with me that would be great so it's going to come up on the screen now so this is the creed from thy kingdom come prayer uh, resources your 
response parts are in yellow. Do you believe and trust in God the Father, source of all being and life, the one for whom we exist? I, I believe, believe and trust, trust in him. him. Do you believe and trust in God the Son, who took, on, who took our human nature, died for us and rose again? I, I believe, believe and trust, trust in him. Do you believe and trust in God the Holy Spirit, who gives life to the people of God and makes Christ known in the world? I, I believe, believe and trust in him. This is the faith of the church. This, this is, is our faith. faith. We, we believe, believe and trust in one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. And as we wait in silence, fill us, us with your, your spirit. spirit. So we take a moment of silence as we wait on the Spirit. Father, Son and Holy Spirit, we come to worship you today and we ask, Father, that you would send us the Holy Spirit, that we would worship you in spirit and in truth. May your joy overflow in the praises of your people this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Sam is going to lead us in uh, three songs of, uh, of worship. We don't have, uh, don't seem to have any sound, Nigel and Mark. No sound.
Let's pray. Lord, we, we do want to say this morning that it is marvellous and wonderful that your love was shown in the gift of Jesus, who lived a perfect life and died for our sin and rose again, and who's ascended at the right hand of the Father and has poured out the gift of the Holy Spirit so that we can know joy, that overflowing joy of sins forgiven and of new life in our hearts. It is marvellous and wonderful, and we thank you, Jesus, today for your amazing grace and for the gift of your Holy Spirit. Amen. And uh, I asked Mark if he would uh, continue the um, series of storytelling that, that he's been doing. And so Mark is uh, going to tell the story of the first Pentecost Sunday for us. Hello, everyone. It's good to see you all again. As Tony said last week, we've now finished our series on Exodus. So today we're going to look at what happened after Jesus' resurrection. After Jesus had risen from the dead, he did not go straight to heaven to be with his father, but he stayed on earth for 40 days. During this time, he appeared to his disciples on many occasions and continued to teach them. One time he appeared, Thomas, one of the disciples, did not believe it was him until he touched the wounds in his hands and in his side. Jesus ate and drank with the disciples, proving that he was real to those who still weren't sure. It's interesting that there was a 40-day period as Jesus started out his ministry when he was preparing for that ministry and tempted in the wilderness. And there was a 40-day period at the end of his time on earth, during which he was preparing his disciples to continue his work after he had gone. The last time he appeared, he told the disciples that he was going to heaven to be with God. But if they were patient, and if they did what he said, he would send the Holy Spirit to give them power. Then he was taken up into heaven and hidden by a cloud. While the disciples were still standing there, staring at the sky, wondering what to do next, angels appeared to them and told them that Jesus would appear again one day in exactly the same way that he'd left. But in the meantime, they should do as he had told them to and go and wait for the Holy Spirit in Jerusalem. So they did. They all waited and prayed together for 10 days. Suddenly, there was a sound like a mighty wind, like a tornado. The sound filled the house. The sound came from heaven. Then flames came down and rested on each of them, both men and women. They were like tongues of fire. This was the sign of the Holy Spirit. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit to overflowing, so much so that they started speaking in other languages, languages that they didn't know. This was the power of the Holy Spirit. At that time, there was a big Jewish festival going on in Jerusalem, 
it was called the Festival of Weeks, and it was 50 days after the Passover. This was one of the festivals that God had told Moses about when he was on Mount Sinai. Because of the festival, there were Jews from all over the world in Jerusalem. They spoke many different languages. All of them heard the noise coming from the disciples. But to their amazement, all of them heard the disciples speaking to them in their own languages. They knew the disciples were from Galilee, and they knew that they weren't educated to any great level, so would not have known these languages. Most were amazed, but some said, they must be drunk. After a while, Peter, one of the disciples, stood up and spoke to the crowd in a loud voice. He explained to them that the disciples could not have been drunk because it was only nine o'clock in the morning. He told them that God had spoken about this day way back in history through one of his prophets, a man called Joel. Joel said that everyone who believed in Jesus would be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that spirit would give them power to prophesy and have visions, both men and women, which was a really big thing back in those days. Joel said, everyone who believed in the Lord would be saved. Peter reminded those listening that Jesus had done many amazing things while he was on earth, like giving sight back to the blind, feeding thousands of people with only a few loaves and fishes, not only once, but twice. Walking on water and even raising Lazarus from the dead. Miracles that only God could have done, and therefore Jesus must have been God. He told them that it was their fault that Jesus had been put to death. But actually, it was part of God's master plan, because he raised Jesus from the dead. The grave was not able to hold the Son of God, so death had been defeated. He reminded them that their great patriarch, and that means forefather, David, had also written about these things in the Psalms, but even David had died. God would not let Jesus die and rot away like David, so he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand, which is the most important place. When the Jews listening heard this, they realised it was all true, and that Jesus' death had been their fault. They were really upset and heartbroken. Then they asked Peter and the others, what should we do? Peter told them to re repent. That means they had to turn their backs on their old lives, on all the things that they did wrong, and ask Jesus for forgiveness and to accept Jesus as their Lord. He told them to get baptised because this represented them putting their old lives to death and being raised to life again with Jesus. It must have been quite a sermon because about 3,000 people 
responded and got baptised. No pressure there, Martin. This day became known as the day of Pentecost. The day that the Holy Spirit was poured out on all of God's people forevermore. And do you know what? It's Pentecost Sunday today. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Mark. That was uh, excellent as, uh, as usual. Um, we're going to move into uh, a time of um, prayer. Um, I'm going to lead us in some prayers of intercession. It's interesting that Paul in Romans 8 um, very much uh, links uh, the Holy Spirit to praying. Um, and he says this in Romans 8, 26, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. And we heard there in the story that on the day of Pentecost, Peter called the people to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So it's right that we include uh, prayers of repentance and confession before we ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's right that we come in repentance um, to receive God's forgiveness. So let's pray. Lord, we ask that today you would have mercy upon us. Forgive us where we have gone wrong and sinned and help us to walk from now on in your way. And may the God of love and power bring us back to himself. Forgive us and free us from our sins and restore us to newness of life by his Holy Spirit. Lord, we bring ourselves and others to you in our weaknesses. We ask that in this continuing time of lockdown, that you would deliver us from despair, anxiety and despondency. We ask that you would fill us with your spirit, with the fruit of love, joy, peace and patience. And Lord, we remember especially uh, those today who, for whom the latest annou announcements from the government were not good news. For those, Lord, who are having to shield for a longer time. Lord, for those with underlying health conditions, which means that they can't even go out. Lord, we pray for them today. Help us, Lord, not to forget their needs, to forget them. But Lord, help us to pick up the phone and to show love and concern for them, to maybe just keep in contact with them and show them, show them your love. Father, we pray today for teachers um, going back to school um, tomorrow, for primary school teachers, teaching reception year one and year six. Lord, we pray for patience and wisdom for all staff. Lord, as they have to cope with incredibly detailed um, rules and conditions. Um, and Lord, we pray for the children too, uh, coming back, that they would um, adhere to the, uh, to the rules. And uh, Lord, it wouldn't be, uh, it would be a time of joy, actually, a time of um, where uh, relationships between children and staff can be reformed, where bonds can be renewed. Lord, we pray for pa parents who are worried that you would just pour out your peace on them. Lord, we remember our secondary school teachers too, who are going back in a week at Fulbrook next week and in other schools in two weeks' time. Lord, we lift our secondary school teachers to you. 
we ask, Lord, again, that you give them wisdom and patience and peace. And Lord, that you would just give them the ability to, to, re, uh, to, to work in new and changing situations. And that, Lord, an, an outpouring of your wisdom through your spirit, we pray. Lord, we pray that as a nation, we would stay alert to the risks of the virus and that we would all play our part in helping to eradicate this virus. Lord, we pray that you give wisdom and skill to the government, to scientists, public health officials. Lord, we pray for your blessing on this track and trace approach and that, Lord, that as a nation, we would see this virus contained and eradicated. Lord, we pray that in this season, you would continue to draw people to yourself. Lord, we pray that you would continue to open doors for mission, um, that, Lord, more and more people would hear the good news about Jesus Christ and respond to him. Lord, we pray your blessing on the Alpha courses, on the Youth Alpha on Tuesday night, and on the, the adult course on Thursday morning. Lord, we pray for, for all the leaders, um, for Mark and uh, all the people on those courses, Lord, that you would just work powerfully, opening people's eyes and hearts to the truth of Jesus. And Lord, as we continue to listen now to your word and to wait on you in prayer, we ask that you would pour out the gift of the Holy Spirit upon us afresh. Renew us, refresh us, restore our first love for you, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. This, uh, this next song um, is a prayer, really. It's, it's um, Spirit of the Living God, Fall Afresh on Me. It's the slightly newer one. Um, uh, the chorus and we're going to sing this through twice and I'd like us to do this as a prayer asking for the Holy Spirit to fill us anew um, so Sarah's going to play it through for us and um, maybe you'd just like to uh, you don't have to but if you'd like to sort of put your hands out just as a symbol of wanting to receive the Holy Spirit then just as we're singing this through just uh, maybe you just want to put your hands out in front of you as a sign of just coming to God with empty hands, wanting to be filled. So let's, uh, let's sing this together.
moments in silence, just waiting on the gift of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we just thank you for your presence that we experience even now as we pray. Thank you for your peace. Thank you for the assurance of the Father's love for each one of us. Thank you for the privilege of being called children of the living God. Refresh us and restore us with your living water now, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Um, Sam is going to bring us uh, to the two readings this morning, if you want to follow along. Acts chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. Acts chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. And Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 13, which he will read one after the other. In my former book, Theophilus, I write about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while leading them, they gave command, Do not leave Jerusalem, wait for the gift of my father promise, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, I get this against the kingdom of Israel. He says to them, It is not due to know that it's the Father there by own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he had said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going. When suddenly two men in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking at the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken back from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes and Elamites, 
residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some other made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. Thank you, Sam. Let's pray. Lord, we, we ask now that um, you would open up your living word to us. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would give us wisdom and understanding and um, ha- apply the word to our hearts that we might respond in obedience. In Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> I, think you've, um, I think you've worked out by now that today is uh, Pentecost Sunday, and it's the day that we celebrate the gift of the Holy Spirit being poured out on all Christians. Um, at the end of his sermon um, on the day of Pentecost, Peter told his hearers how they could receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts 2 verse 38, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. As Mark said, to repent is to turn away from living independently of God and it's to submit to God in every area of our lives and to uh, ask for forgiveness through Jesus who died for our sin and to live our lives following him and living his way. <clears throat> it's, the de- it's the decision to live in submission to God as Lord and King. And um, if we do that, if we ask for that forgiveness and repent, we will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's the gift for all Christians. And it's not just a one-off. This is a gift that we are called to go on receiving. Um, And so today we celebrate God's presence in us as Christians through the person of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit was poured out so that we can know God personally and intimately. We can, as we've sung in the, uh, the hymn, we can say what a friend we have in Jesus because his presence lives in us in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us love and joy and the assurance that we are God's children. And uh, in, in a season of, uh, that is very frustrating for all of us, um, it's really good to celebrate today that the Holy Spirit gives us joy and assurance and peace. Not just in this life, but in the next too. But there's, there's an even more important reason that the Holy Spirit was poured out on all Christians. Jesus told his disciples the reason in Acts 1 verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So the primary reason the Holy Spirit was poured out on Christians is to give us power to be witnesses to Christ. Um, And the task of mission won't be complete until Jesus comes again. And so the mission that started in the church on the day of Pentecost continues until the end of the age when Jesus returns. You remember that Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew 28, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, folks, that includes us because It won't be the end of the age until Jesus returns. And so we are commissioned to go 
and make disciples, to be Christ's witnesses. And we need the Holy Spirit to help us to do that. So Pentecost has a lasting relevance for us in the church today. But there are also things about Pentecost which make it quite unique. Just as the Exodus, the crossing of the uh, people of Israel across the Red Sea was unique and was kind of a bit of a one-off in the, in the story of Israel, so Pentecost has a number of unique features um, in God's plan of salvation. Um, and I want to look at uh, those with you this morning. First of all, the timing of Pentecost is unique. Um, the day of Pentecost, as Mark said, was an annual gathering in Jerusalem to celebrate the Feast of Weeks. And the Feast of Weeks was a harvest festival that celebrated the first fruits of the wheat harvest. And later on in Judaism, it also became uh, the time when Jews um, celebrated the giving of the law on Mount Sinai. But it's significant that the Spirit is poured out at a harvest festival because we see Jews from all over the world, from all different nationalities, being harvested by the gospel and coming in to the kingdom and being baptized. 3,000 people from all different nationalities, Jews of different tongues and tribes, came to faith and were baptized on that day. Secondly, the signs that accompanied Pentecost make it unique. Remember, in the Old Testament, God's coming was often associated with mighty storms of wind, thunder, and lightning. And when God came down on Mount Sinai to give the Ten Commandments, we read that Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord descended on it in fire. And where else have we seen the Lord descending on fire, in fire? Of course, on the day of Pentecost, the Lord just didn't descend on a mountain that the people couldn't touch in fire. He descended in flames of fire on every one of the 120 believers gathered in Jerusalem. Fire, of course, is a sign of God's powerful, holy presence. His purging, purifying presence. And so it's a sign that the Holy Spirit has been poured out on all believers when tongues of fire rest on each one of them. It's the fulfillment of Joel's prophecy that the Holy Spirit in the new covenant through Christ will become available to all believers. And they all began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them. Um, now, bearing in mind, these were people like tax collectors and fishermen who weren't renowned for their language skills. But the Holy Spirit enabled them to speak in every single language represented there in Jerusalem. And so this was a supernatural event. These were languages they'd never learned. And yet all the foreigners in Jerusalem heard them speaking the wonders of God in their own languages. And it was a sign that the, tower, the confusion at the Tower of Babel back in Genesis 11, where people, languages were all mixed up, has been reversed. Now the gospel is going out to the ends of the earth. Every nation, tribe, nationality, tongue will be able to hear the gospel in their own language and understand it. Thirdly, Pentecost fulfills the promises of the Old Testament. Peter preaches on the day of Pentecost, explaining to all the people that the tongues of fire, the sound of a blowing wind, and the speaking of foreign languages are all fulfilled in the promise of God in the book of Joel. You remember in Joel 2, um, it says this in verses 14 to 18. 
In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I'll pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. So here we see the fulfillment of Joel's prophecy. As these 120 believers speak in these foreign languages, they are prophesying. They are making the wonders of God known to everybody gathered there in Jerusalem. It's the fulfillment of Joel's prophecy. And as we travel through um, the book of Acts, we see more of that prophecy of Joel being fulfilled. We see Paul and the man from Macedonia and Cornelius and Peter having dreams about being called to mission in various places and having visions and dreams. And we see more and more of this prophecy of Joel unfolding through the, back, the book of Acts. So in a number of ways, the day of Pentecost is a unique event in God's plan of salvation. So what's the relevance to us today? If this is a unique event in God's plan of salvation, what's the relevance to us? Well, we need the power of the Spirit to enable us to be witnesses, to continue to spread the gospel to the ends of the earth. I don't know, sometimes I come to these passages, I don't know about you, and I think, well, that was, that was great for those who were there, for those disciples who'd seen Jesus and been with him and witnessed his resurrection. And uh, Thomas had even got to put his fingers in the, the, the holes in Jesus' side, hadn't he? And they, they, some of these disciples had, ex had experienced amazing miracles. They'd seen Jesus healing uh, the sick. They'd seen him raise the dead. They'd seen him feed a crowd of 5,000. They'd, they'd even seen him after he'd risen from the dead. They'd heard him tell them to wait for the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then they'd seen tongues of fire resting on one another in that upper room. And they'd heard that amazing sound of a, of a blowing wind. They'd experienced and seen and heard all of this. In other words, many of the disciples that we read about in the book of Acts and in the Gospels were first-hand witnesses of Jesus. They'd heard him teach, they touched him, they'd been with him as he performed miracles, they'd even seen him raised from the dead. They'd even seen him ascend back to heaven on the day of ascension. What about us? We might say, well, of course they would be confident and bold, but we don't have these experiences. Now, there is a sense in which we are not eyewitnesses as these first disciples were. We haven't been with Jesus in person. We haven't touched him. We haven't heard him teach firsthand. We weren't there on the day of Pentecost to see all those signs and wonders. So how can we be confident and bold witnesses to Jesus? Well, I think the first thing to say is this, that the early church carried on being joy-filled, bold and confident witnesses to Jesus long after the day of Pentecost. Like us, many of them were not actually first-hand witnesses of Jesus. So, for example, the church at Thessalonica were not first-hand witnesses of Jesus. They hadn't been there on the day of Pentecost, but they received the message second-hand 
through the apostles like Peter, John, Luke, James and Paul. And we've received the same message, secondhand as it were, through the Gospels and through the New Testament from Peter, John, Luke, James and Paul. But just listen to the Thessalonian church, how bold and confident they were, even though they hadn't been there on the day of Pentecost. This is what Paul writes about them in 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 4. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You became imitators of us and the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. You turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God. Notice that Paul says the gospel came to them not just with words, but with power. And the message of the gospel, the good news of Jesus, rang out from that church through the whole area. Now, just remember, folks, they hadn't been there on the day of Pentecost. This is a church that is coming later on that Paul's addressing. And we have the same power through the gospels, through the recorded words of Peter, Paul, James, Luke, we have the same words available to us, the same uh, witness accounts available to us as the early churches did. And we have the same Holy Spirit available to us as the early Christians in the early churches did. And the Thessalonians were so filled with joy, so confident and bold, not because they'd seen Jesus, but through the message that the apostles gave them, through the words of Jesus recorded in the scriptures and through the power and gift of the Holy Spirit working in and through them. So we cannot just say, well, Pentecost was back then, we're in a different time. We're in the age of the Spirit. We live in the times when the Holy Spirit has been poured out to give us boldness and confidence. Um, Paul says to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, for the, for the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Do you hear that? Power, love, and self-discipline. This is the same Holy Spirit who poured out on the 120 on the day of Pentecost, the same Holy Spirit who poured out on all the believers in the church in Thessalonica is available to you and me today. Do we believe that? Thank you, there's some nods, that's good. There's a little bit of feedback there, that's good. So we have the same power available to be witnesses of Jesus today. But to be witnesses, we need to have witnessed Jesus ourselves, don't we? We need to have witnessed his power and presence in the Gospels and in the New Testament. And we need the witness of the Holy Spirit in our, in our own spirits. Jesus said to his disciples, and he says to us, John 15, 26, When the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. Do you see what the Holy Spirit is doing there in us? He's testifying about Jesus. We can have boldness and confidence that Jesus is risen from the dead, is reigning at the right hand of the Father, that we are born again, made new children of God, because the Holy Spirit testifies in us to that truth. Isn't that wonderful? 
And John says in 1 John 4, this is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. Do you see that? He has given us of his spirit. So we have seen and testify through the Holy Spirit in us. We may not have seen Jesus with our own eyes or touched him with our own hands, but the Holy Spirit testifies with our spirit that Jesus is living and lives in us. Isn't that amazing? So we can have assurance, boldness, confidence, peace, joy, because the Holy Spirit witnesses that we belong to Jesus. And because of our joy, because of our boldness, because of our confidence through the Holy Spirit, God wants us to overflow with his love, his joy, his peace, his confidence in our witness to others. So you can't be confident in witnessing to others unless you're confident in who you are in the spirit yourself, can you? It's not going to work. So we need to pray today that God would give us a greater confidence and assurance of boldness through the Holy Spirit, that that would then overflow on our front lines to our work colleagues, our neighbours, our family, our friends, that we'd be so full of the spirit that like um, champagne cascading down from one glass to another, that the Holy Spirit would cascade down and out from us. The logic is clear. We are called to be confident and bold witnesses through the work of the Holy Spirit in us, through our character, through the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, kindness, self-control, faithfulness, patience, goodness. This, this fruit is to be seen in our character. That's how we bear witness to Jesus, isn't it? We bear witness to Jesus in our words, in telling the story of what God is doing in our lives through answered prayer and by um, answering people's questions about Jesus. We, we bear witness to Jesus as we good, do good deeds in the name of Jesus. So through our character, the fruit of the Spirit, through our words and through good deeds, we bear witness in the power of the Spirit to Jesus. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you don't give us, uh, you give us a spirit of boldness, not timidity. You want us to be confident and filled with joy so that we can overflow that joy and that love in our witness to others. So Holy Spirit of God, give us fresh assurance today. Give us fresh boldness, fresh confidence that we are children of God. Fill us with joy, we pray, that that joy might overflow to others, that our very character might spill over with the love and beauty and holiness of Jesus. And Lord, give us opportunities in our daily routines, our workplaces, the people that we meet, to share Jesus. Open doors, we pray, Holy Spirit, for us to talk about you. And uh, Lord, I pray that you would help us to do good deeds in the name of Jesus that bring glory to God. For we ask this in his name. Amen. Um, so it'd be good to celebrate uh, on the day of Pentecost, the gift of the Spirit. So we're going to do that now as we, um, Sarah leads us in uh, a couple of songs uh, where we're going to celebrate, um, yeah, the gift of the Spirit.
let's pray. This is the uh, this is the prayer for thy kingdom come. Almighty God, your ascended son has sent us into the world to preach the good news of your kingdom. Inspire us with your spirit and fill our hearts with the fire of your love that all who hear your word may be drawn to you through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Um, so a happy Pentecost Sunday to you all, a joyful Pentecost Sunday to you all. Um, please, just an appeal, please keep um, thinking about picking up the phone to those uh, who uh, are having to be shielded for a longer period of time. Don't, let's not forget about people. I know, I know we've, it's 11 weeks in and we're all getting a bit jaded and weary, but let's remember that for some people, this is gonna be an even longer journey. So just pick up the phone, have a conversation with somebody in your neighborhood, in the church, that you know is having to shield uh, for a longer period of time and can't even go outside of the house. And um, we're gonna allow, um, obviously we're gonna stay on for a little bit longer um, and just allow you a little bit of uh, fellowship and, and chat after the service here. Um, but please do, if you're able to join us tomorrow morning at 9.30, uh, please do. We'd love to see you in the, in the prayer meeting. But uh, thank you to Mark for another amazing all-age talk. And thank you to Nigel for uh, setting us all up and hosting us. And uh, thank you to Sam and uh, Sarah for, for reading and for leading us uh, through the worship. And also, Mark, thanks again for doing all the technical bits. Uh, Mark put all the uh, PowerPoints uh, together this morning and made it all happen. So we're really grateful, uh, Mark, to you for all your hard work this morning. But bless you all. Great to see you and uh, hope to see you soon.